Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregorich Ministries podcast. And I'm really excited for this episode today. We have Lyle Weber joining us from beautiful Texas. And Lyle, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Josh. It's really an honor to be on your program today. I've watched some of your videos and just to see the impact that you and the team are making not only in the States, but around the world has been awesome to watch. Man. And Lyle, we actually, we were at Bible college at the same time. Yeah. So we've had a lot of shared experiences, but you came from a very different background. Yeah. First of all, where did you come from originally? Cause you, you ended up in the U S where you are now, but where yeah. are you from originally? So originally I am from the beautiful country of South Africa. That's where I was born and raised, spent the first 30 years of my life over there. And then in 2013, the Lord started to speak to me about changing lanes or actually stepping into the plan of God for my life. And he spoke to me back in that year and actually had me move over. He had me give up my security and everything that I was relying on, my qualifications, my time spent at at secular school, building, starting to build my career and to move over to go to Bible school where I actually got to meet you and some awesome people too. Yeah. And you, when you were there in South Africa, you kind of alluded to it, but you had a career in the making. You kind of already had a path. You had a way that you were going to go. And then God called you out of that and told you, Hey, go in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma and go to Bible college. And so that in and of itself is a testimony. But you know, when you were there in South Africa, what was your path? What were you going towards and what's your experience Yeah, Josh, that's a very good question. And uh, I'll I'll just keep it really brief because I could spend hours on that. But so before I knew the Lord, I knew in South Africa, if you became a chartered accountant, which is the equivalent of a CPA in the United States, Mm. you were pretty much set. You could make lots of money, buy nice houses and cars, and you pretty much had a good life planned out. And then I encountered the Lord and I got radically saved. And And he started to speak to me about purpose and about pursuing him and not material things. I believe the word of God says that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. So there's nothing wrong with having those things. Yeah. However, he's got a divine plan for each and every one of us. And I went to school, I studied and I became an accountant. I worked at some of the biggest corporations in South Africa and the world. I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers. I worked for Heinz, the ketchup company. Yeah. And, and, and I was climbing the ranks. And then the Lord started to speak to me about going into education. And in, I believe it was 28, he had me start lecturing at a university. And even with that, just the opportunities that opened up through, through that uh, mechanism, being able to teach. And I believe why God had me pivot to that was because that's part of what he's called me to do. And that's to teach in the body. But I thought it was just purely accounting and finance. And I spent several years doing that. And as I did that, I actually started a consulting company, which helped companies in the United States, surprisingly, as well as South Africa and then individuals as well, help them start businesses. And that became my, my passion was this entrepreneurial side of things but then also the word of God. And, and it was amazing. I was at a secular university, but I had uh, students who would come to my, my class and I'd factor in the word of God principles. Even though I was teaching finance and auditing, I got to share Christ. And after the class, they'd come to my office and they'd want to know more about this Jesus. Wow. And so I thought that was what God had called me to do because I, I enjoyed it. It was my passion. I got to encounter kids who were from Christian backgrounds, but never really had a relationship. I encountered kids who were 
raise Hindu and Buddhist and Muslim. And and God gave me the opportunity to minister Christ to them. And and several of them got to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So I thought that's what God had called me to to do. My business was, was flourishing. I started to get, like I said, international clients. I started to, the teaching was going great. I was in the process of getting my master's degree, which I, I completed while I was actually at Rhema. Yeah. Um, and, and so I thought this is the plan, but then God started to speak to me about Bible school. I was like, this is not part of my plan. <laughs> not part of my plan because yeah. I thought I'm impacting lives. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people who don't know Jesus and, I, and I'm introducing them to Jesus. Surely this is it. This is, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm growing. And he says, yep, the season for that is over. And, and, and I'll be honest, I wrestled with it at first until I had yeah. a dream. And I'll share this real briefly. I had a dream of Carrie Job, and I've dreamed of her one time. In my dream, I was supposed to interview Carrie in the United States. But I, I woke up and I saw myself laying in bed, knowing that I needed to get to the airport, but I procrastinated. Mm. And I checked my watch again and, and it was time for my flight. And I raced to the, to the airport and I got there and they said, Lyle, the flight's, the plane's taken off. The flight's gone. Mm. You've missed the opportunity. And I woke up and I don't read much into dreams, but I just knew it was from God. And I said, Holy Spirit, what does this mean? And he said, Lyle, in life, the window of opportunity opens for a season, but as it's opening, it's closing at the same time. Wow. And if you don't step through at my point in time, you will see somebody else doing the thing that I've called you to do. And Josh, that hit me. That's heavy. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh man. So I, I had a choice. He was cool with me not stepping through, but he would have found somebody else. Yeah. Because the, the work has to get done. The gospel has got to be preached. People's lives need to be impacted and people need to be pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. He's, he's asking people to do it, but not everybody's willing to give up their comfort and their security. And I thank the Lord that I, I said yes. But even though I didn't want to at first, I flew over to, to the States to go and check Rayma out. And I had a little bit of like, hesitation because, I mean, like I said, I had my, my, my path plotted out. I, I was going to become a director uh, at several um, listed companies, which is the equivalent of Fortune 500 companies in South Africa. And so I, I had it made in the natural but just that tugging on the inside. And, and when God said to, to leave South Africa to move, he, he said something interesting to me. He said, give up all your clients. Mm. Don't raise funds. But trust me. And I was like, oh, man. Now I've got I to gotta put, put the, the word to work, right? Yeah. It's like we've, we've had so much good word poured onto the inside of us. But, but we've always got a choice. We can either try and map out our plan or God's plan. And, and, and he might speak differently to you. He might tell you to raise funds in a particular way. He might tell you to do something, but we got to find out what his plan is for us individually. Yeah. And, and when, when I did that, it's amazing how favor with the, the embassy to get my visa to come over. It's amazing how he started speaking to people to help me on the journey. I never told people that there was a financial need, but there was. And, but, but at the end of the day, the, in fact, let me rather rephrase that. In the natural, it looked like there was a need, but because I stepped into the plan, every need was met according to his yeah. riches and glory. So he knew if he's called you to do something, he not only is not only equipped us, but, he, but he's empowered us to do it too. But we just need to take that first step. And, and things fell into place. I met amazing people. There was times where I had no money in the natural yeah. to pay for school, but somebody would, God had laid in somebody's heart. There's times I had no money for food. And in fact, I'm prompted to share this because I know that your audience is so diverse. 
there's it was december of 2013 i believe it was and the lord told me i needed to go to new york to do street ministry i had one us dollar to my name that's all i had one dollar and wow. and i had a box of fruit loops didn't even have money for milk and the, and we went to a sunday night service at rama and the lord said so the one dollar but the key is the lord said so and I don't yeah. want people to confuse that with, oh, I've got $1 in my account. I'm going to do it because God did it for a while. But God told me to do that. That night, I got a phone call saying that my plane ticket to New York is booked. I never told this person. But I had a fully funded trip to New York, went to New York. People got saved in the streets of New York City. I had a great time too over that Christmas. Yeah. But lives were impacted because I listened to the voice of God. And even though we're going to touch on a bit of financial uh, principles today, the key that I want to leave with people even right at the start is to, to listen to his voice because he's going to tell you to do stuff sometimes which is so far and outrageous that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To me, it's give up your security, give up your plan to become this director on, on, at companies. Uh, so the $1 bill. But he told me to do that. And these other times he's going to tell you, hey, sell your car. You only need one car. Live within your means. And I think sometimes you're always looking for the spectacular. God's going to yeah. move in a mighty way. He's going to bring this raven who's going to bring me food. <laughs> He's going to drop manna from heaven. Yeah. But it doesn't always work that way. Not limiting God by any means, but you got to find out by him what it is that he wants you to do and then do, do that. I love what you even said about following the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's important to know the Holy Spirit is not an equation. Oh, yeah. He's not going to, it's the way that it worked for Lyle may not be the way that he commands or asks you to do something. Yeah. And so, you know, just to know that the Holy Spirit is personally has personally has direction for you and yeah. what he wants you to do. And so, you know, Lyle, whenever you know, there's people and I want to get into finances, but this yeah. really kind of struck me is, you know, you had all this, what looked like a career path lined up, everything was going good, you were getting more clients, and then God called you to to go to the US without, you know, kind of giving up everything you had, very similar to kind of what happened with Abraham. Yeah. But you know, when that happened, there is a wrestle that we can go through in our mind. Oh, where it's like, and, and there's other people where God is asking them to do some things and they're currently in that wrestling position. Yeah. And if you could give them some type of encouragement of how to get over that wrestling point into yeah. just submission to what God wants them to do. I think the key, Josh, is there's two things which, which just stands out for me is knowing the voice of God for yourself. Yeah. And then number two, making your decisions based on the word. Um, in, in the time where God is preparing me to move over, you gave me Psalm 37 verses 3 to 4. We like verse, uh, verses 3 to 5, I apologize. We like verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But verse 3 talks about trusting in him and doing good. So there's an element of, of, of trusting. When you get to a place where you can truly trust the Lord and you have an understanding and revelation of his love, you know that when he's going to lead you to a place, he's always got your best interest at heart. And he had me meditate on those three scriptures for three months, day and night. And I was like, God, yes, I do trust you. I trust you. And he's like, no, you don't. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a tither. I'm a sower. I, I'll do whatever you say. I pray for people on the streets. But he said, in, certain, you can trust me in certain areas, but not in every area. And in this particular area, I was giving up my security. I was giving up everything that I had built because I went to school, even though, yes, he'd helped me through it. But I did this and I did that, but he wanted me to get my eyes of I and my natural accomplishments onto him. 
but it yeah. took me getting a revelation of his love and trust. And that's when I, I truly just got the release in my spirit. Like I really trust God. If he's telling me to move, he's, he's got a plan. Yeah. And even moving over to, to those of you that are, are, are finding yourself in a similar position. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's times even when I moved over, like I, I just start right at the bottom again and, and work my way up, even in, in the, the accounting field on this side. I remember my first job at a CPA firm over here. I had about 13 or 15 years of experience in the professional world, but I came over and I needed to, I needed to report to a kid that just came out of college. And I say, kid, it was a 21 year old. I was in my mid thirties. Not that you, you discredit age by any means, but I mean, I was like, I know more than them, but I had to humble myself. Yeah. And constantly needed to with a battle in my mind. It's like, did I miss God? Like surely, Mm. like I look at other friends of mine who didn't make this move to follow God. And they're progressing in life. They've got the nice house and the nice cars. And you can easily allow the enemy to to distract you and to get your your focus off what God has planned for you. Because as we know with uh, with Noah, there was like a 120-year wait. If you look at Joseph, there's always a waiting time with God as God is busy, maybe pruning you in certain areas and developing you and, and preparing you for that appointed time. But we want things to happen now. And just because others are excelling or you think they are doesn't necessarily mean that they are or it could you should just celebrate if they if they truly are but you need to just stick with the plan and the timeline of god and not rush it and and that's something i want to encourage people that are watching this today i'm not saying it's going to be easy i'm not saying it's going to be perfect but if you've got the word of god like planted on the inside of you when the enemy tries to come and say you made a mistake. You missed God. You see your life could have been different or better in this particular area in finances or whatever area. It is written, right? Yeah. Jesus said that himself, but you need to have a word from God for yourself. Get that rhema word where no matter what, what darts the enemy is throwing you, you always go back to that. And that's what carried me through these eight years of being in the States. It's like God has blessed me with an amazing wife and two amazing kids and We've got two cars and a beautiful house and all those things. But I'd give it up in a heartbeat if the Lord told us we need to transition to another place. Because my value and my worth is not found in what I have from a net worth perspective, which is important. But my value and my worth is found in who I am in Christ. And knowing that everything I have is because of him and it's for him and the extension of his kingdom. And again, he wants me to enjoy this life. It's not that I can't enjoy life, but but not at the, the expense of what he wants me to do. So, yeah. yeah, man, that's so good. And, you know, for those of you that haven't heard from Lyle before, he has a passion to teach people. He loves to pour out to people and to give out. And Lyle, you've been giving out just free resources constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I follow you on social media and you are constantly putting out videos, teaching people principles. And, and like you said, we don't find our worth in what we have. And we don't find our worth in our net worth, but God does have a design for us Mm -hmm. to have finances and use them in a disciplined way that it's going to not only um, affect our lives, but also ourselves and our community and our family and the whole world. And so Lyle, first of all, I have to say, if you're, if you don't follow Lyle on social media, you've got to go do it. Lyle Weber. And then he also has an amazing YouTube channel, but Lyle, you know, on the, in the videos and everything you're talking about you're always talking about ways that we can use our wealth in a positive way and actually just be effective with what we have and so for people who 
are standing in faith for God. They're believing for finances and maybe they're struggling like you were when you were at school and you have the opportunity to say, God, why did you have me come here? You know, I should be prospering. I know that's in your word, but how can they start taking some steps to start living in the reality that God is our provider and that we have more than enough? I I think, the, the first thing that I, I would say is getting a revelation of God as provider, which yeah, where it comes down to spending time in the word and meditating, getting scriptures on finances and tr- starting to truly see him as the God who owns a cattle on a thousand, the God that supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory. And once you understand that aspect of it, your natural needs become so small that it never becomes elevated bigger than God. Because oftentimes when I counsel people, the biggest thing that people worry about in my personal experience is, is money. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to provide for our kids? How am I, how am I going to, how am I going to, but get yourself off. How am I going to, and rather get it on to him, the one who has already done it, Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees and provides. So that's the one aspect. And I think the church has done a, a, a great job in teaching people about provision and, and God and, and tithing and sowing. Yet the question I asked the Lord was, I know so many people who have heard amazing word in the area of finances, yet they're still walking in lack. Yeah. Yet they still have a credit score of, of the low 350s or 400s. And, and it just didn't make sense to me. And what the Lord told me, even when I was in a walk today, that my people perish for a lack of knowledge or they don't have victory in certain areas because of a lack of knowledge in a particular area. But there are some that have the knowledge, but then it comes down to, to the book of James where they're not, there's no corresponding action. Yeah. They're not doing anything with what they know. And they're thinking that all I need to do is just sow my seed and God's going to meet my need. And yes, these times God will do that. But as we mature in Christ, God's going to say, I did that for you, but don't box me or limit me to how I do a thing. Mm. There's going to be times that I'm going to talk to you and tell you to do something, like start the business, to live within your means, to, to, to give when I tell you to give, and to just apply natural common sense. Because I, I see oftentimes people, and I, I fell into this, I call it a trap for myself. I fell into this position, rather, where I was tithing, which I believe you have to, but I gave everything away every month. Like yeah. I thought God is always going to be there. But the, the thing is, Josh, he never told me to do that. Yeah. There were times he told me, we can look in the word where it talks about having a storehouse or a savings account. The word talks about investments and things like that. But it's like, I just blocked there were those aspects off. If I want my need met, I just got to sell my seed. And I believe there's a time and a place for that. However, don't forsake basic common sense, but always allow the Holy Spirit to lead you with regards to how you need to do that. Yeah. I speak to so many Christians and it's like in this, this, this pandemic time where people have lost houses and cars. And I ask him a question, did you have an emergency fund? No, that's a lack of faith. I'm like, it's wisdom. Yeah. It's not a lack of faith. And I know with ourselves, there were times in our lives where, we, where I thought that way too. And the Lord started to teach me it's not like things are going to happen. Whether you are saved, I can plead the blood of Jesus 24 hours a day, but there's still a chance that I'm going to need to replace a tire. I could be driving down the road and and let's say a stone knocks my windscreen and it cracks, right? Natural things happen. We live, we are in this world, but we're not of this world, but things happen, but you can prepare for those things. So like having things like an emergency fund and, and, and I teach people about 
how to, one of the videos, if they want to go into my channel, they can see how to come up with a number that works for them, how to fund it, the way in which you need to be thinking about these things. So it's the channel that, that I've got is called the Generous Lifestyle Channel. It, it looks at practical personal finance tips and generosity tips. And when I talk about generosity, I'm talking about your time, talent, and treasure. But for the purpose of this, we'll, we'll keep it to the, the monetary side. But we, like, how do you do the practical things? How do you invest? What is the mindset? When you have a budget, should you have a budget? Or should you have a, yeah. uh, we personally don't have a budget, but we have a spending plan where at the start of every year, we look at our goals for the, the year and we make sure that our, our finances is channeled towards our goals. So for us personally, we enjoy traveling, right? I'm sure yeah. you, you do too. Yeah. So one of our number one goals is a percentage of our income each month gets set aside for travel where somebody might say, nope, you should be doing this, but okay, that's okay for you. I can't come and force my viewpoint down on you. If you've got a desire to be out of debt and you feel you need to knock your debt off before you start traveling, then by all means, I, I teach people that the primary thing when it comes to finances is, is to get the mindset right and then to identify what your values are and then to make sure that whatever comes in is spoken to by the Holy Spirit. Yes, you tithe and yourself, but then make sure that the values and the goals that you want to start funding happens automatically. Because if you've got a plan in place where you know that your money is going to certain things, when that other thing that doesn't get you closer to your goal or to your destiny comes up, like there's a Black Friday sale coming up and there's yeah. a 17 inch TV going for 500 bucks. It's not that I can't buy it. I've got the money, but does it get me closer to my goal? So mm. I can spend 500 bucks on this TV Whereas I've got two TVs in my house at the moment. Do I need that TV? Or should I rather say, I'm planning to travel next year. I'll set that money aside for that. So unless you've got a plan each year, you're going to end up spending money on things that is not going to get you close. And when you start thinking about it from a destiny or, or goal perspective, and what is it that I want to accomplish in life, it's easier to say no to things that is going to keep you away from that. And it might not be bad things. Like we like fellowshipping in the body. We like going out after church, but maybe I can do it twice a month because I, I don't want to spend 50 bucks each time because that's 50 times four is $200. I can rather spend a hundred and take that other hundred and fund my travel fund. Wow. So at the end of the year, yeah. that's $1,200. That's a plane ticket. Man, it's incredible too, because I love what you said. And I think this helps so much is to know that I have a goal and I have, this is my value. I want to travel. Yeah. So when that TV comes up, maybe I do have the money for it. Yeah. But like you said, you made a great statement. Does that get me closer to my goal? Does that get me closer to what I value and what even ultimately maybe God's calling me to travel, exactly. not just for vacation, but maybe yeah. he wants me to go visit a, a family member that needs exactly. some encouragement yeah. and you have that available and so when he asks you to go you're not scrambling to raise funds you're not scrambling exactly. to sell something off but you're already prepared yeah. and i think it becomes easier to say no like you said to those things whenever our goal and our mindset with finances is what do i value what's yeah. the, and exactly. and and even in doing that lyle you know and and we're talking about finances but how do people find what they should value? Like, you, yeah. you know, you love to travel. I know I love to travel. Yeah. And, and that's part of our callings as well, yeah. aside from, you know, just us enjoying it. But, you know, when people are trying to find out, God, 
not only what do I have value, but what do you value for me? Yeah. What's a way that they can discover that so that their financial decisions line up with right. that in a better way? I think the key is for, for myself, what I discovered is time spent in the word of God yep. and making that a priority. And then also praying in the spirit on yeah. a regular basis, just like getting that unction from him because, and, and knowing also that in God, there are seasons. So something yeah. might be a priority for God, for you in the season. Like, let's say I, I'm a single guy. I'm, I'm not obviously because I'm married. Yeah. But let's say there's a single guy watching this today. And I, I just feel prompted to say this. Yeah. You're trusting God to, to get married one day and you've got a good paying job but you've not set aside any money for a ring. You've not set aside any money for your future wedding or, or, or for your house. You're still living as if you're going to be single for the rest of your life. And you're yeah. wondering why is God not brought her? The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. The finding over there talks about she shall appear, but I believe it's only fair to her that you are prepared. And the same goes to the ladies out there preparing yeah. for in the season that you find yourself. So setting aside money, maybe if you, Desire to get married one day, having a savings account, an online savings account, if you're in the States, because we get good interest that way. Yes. So yes. having a savings account where a certain percentage of your funds goes towards your wedding fund, even though you've been single for five years or six years. But if it's a desire of your heart, prepare for that. So when she does appear, you've got the resources there. And you can still trust God for in Ephesians 3.20, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think of wedding, but do your part. Yeah. Do your part, set aside money for the ring, set aside money for things like that. And then once that happens, your goals shift. So now it's again seeking God, what is it that you've got for us as a married couple? Oh, oh do you, it, does God have in your future that you're going to have kids? So start preparing for that. Does God have it where the two of you are going to be traveling missionaries to start preparing for that? Yeah. There's lots of things that we can do, but seeking God and finding out what it is that he has on the timeline of God, because God sees the end from the beginning. He knows the different seasons and aspects and facets of our life on this earth, but we need to identify from him in the season. And so I look at things from an annual basis, but then also what do I feel God speaking to me for the next three years or so? And preparing for that, but then constantly assessing. The same with um, in the natural, when you look at your budget, you stop and you pause and you assess. Because I mean, I can have a budget. I can even have apps on my phone where I track things. But if I'm not actually pausing to assess whether or not I've overspent or whether or not I'm spending on areas which doesn't align with my goals, it defeats the purpose. So you got to have times throughout the year, even from a purpose perspective, to, to identify, am I doing things that's getting me closer to what God has called me to do? So financially, yeah. from a purpose, like if God has called me to preach and I believe God has called me to preach, what have I done to, to make sure that I'm getting closer to that? Because it might be in, in my own personal life at the moment, God has me back in the finance world, but I, I've got a desire to preach. But what am I doing to ensure that if somebody calls upon me tomorrow to go and preach in London, that I'm, I'm ready for yeah. that and it, it just this it just goes into so many areas that money is one aspect of it but the principles touches on every area of of our lives yeah and it's a tremendous tool you know we have so yeah. many tools that god has given us and money is one of them so it doesn't yeah. own us but he did provide it 
for us so that we can use it to help advance the kingdom. And, you know, Lyle, there's one thing that I think a lot of people deal with. And like, even like you were saying, there may be somebody here listening today that is looking to get married and they're not necessarily setting aside money because they're thinking, you know what? I have a credit card. I can just swipe it and I'll, then I'll pay it off later, but maybe give us some practical tips on the benefits of a credit card and, and getting out of debt and some ways we can do that as well. Okay, so credit cards, you get those that are for it and those that are against it. Yeah, my, yeah. my personal view on this is uh, we have credit cards. So we've got two credit cards because we get points and cash, cash back. So the yeah. one that helps us get points to fly because we like to travel. So we made sure that one of our cards is enabling us to get points to be able to get better flights. However, if we found ourselves in a position where the credit card was something that we used in order to impress other people. So all our friends is going out. So we're spending money on things that we can't, we shouldn't really be, then, then I have a problem with that personally. Yeah. Or if I'm spending more than what I can afford to pay off, you, you're actually putting yourself in a position of bondage because let's say God is telling you in a month's time, you need to travel and you maxed out your credit card and and now all of a sudden you can't go overseas for six months because you're going to default on your loan on, on your credit card payment because you don't have any money coming in. So debt is actually a, a hindrance. You become slave to the lender, right? So I would say yeah. if you can afford to, and this is my personal view, if you can afford to, to pay the credit card off on a monthly basis, then why not maximize your, the points? And that's again yes. my view. That, that helps us. But you need to know if you've got a proper plan in place, Josh. So let's say uh, you can use a credit card for two things. You can use a credit card to build credit if you believe that, that, that you need to have that. I know that there's some that want to do things totally debt-free. But again, you're from God. But yeah. if, you, if you haven't been led that way, you might need credit to be able to buy a house in the future. So you can use a credit card. There's two primary ones. One, which is a secured credit card, which you can get with a bank where it's actually your own cash, which backs it. So they're only going to give you a spending limit of $1,000 based on the cash that you have. Mm. Alternatively, if you get a different type of credit card, uh, you could make sure that you set up on a monthly basis. Let's say I've got 10 bills, which is $1,000, and it's always going to be $1,000. So automatically what I would do is I would make sure when my money comes into my checking account, it automatically gets transferred into my either into my credit card so it's covering it automatically so i'm not going to spend a cent more on that credit card Mm. because i know i haven't planned for that so let's say i've got a amazon prime bill on a monthly basis or like my subscription or i've got uh let's say my gym membership which is let's say 150 dollars or whatever it is so i add these 10 things up it adds up to a thousand that's what my credit card is for it's not for anything else yeah. If I'm going to, like, we are traveling next year, we are going on a trip, so we needed to use our credit card. But before we swiped, we had the money in the savings account. So let's say the, the because we are a family of four, let's say the plane ticket was $4,000 as an example, the 4000 was there. So it wasn't like, oh, swipe and then trust God to bring the money in. God yeah, brought yeah. the money in. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so the money was available. But you might say, but we don't have the money available. How do we do this? We... We already maxed out. We have to live on credit. You don't have to live on credit. You don't have to 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 use a credit card. If you find yourself where, unfortunately, your income is less than your expenditure, there's various ways we can fix that. Let's look at any, they call it side hustles. How can you generate extra income in? Alternatively, let's do an audit of your expenditure. Does it align with your goals? 
oh man, I'm spending 500 bucks eating out. Maybe I can spend 200. So all of a sudden I'm $300 richer, which I, I can apply to pay my credit card off. So it's small little tweaks. I tell people, sometimes people say go cold turkey, but it doesn't always work, right? Yeah. So I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not eating out with my friends anymore. And then you start feeling lonely or you just feel like you're missing out on life. And then you just go out and you, you do it again. Yeah. But if you started tweaking it back and said, okay, guys, I can't afford to do it with you guys every night, but maybe twice a week. So I believe in gradual progression and adjustments in order to get you to your ultimate goal. I don't believe in just let's make this hard and fast changes because it, it works for some, but not for everybody else. Yeah. Same like something that I'm thinking about real quickly is about retirement. We young, many of the people might be watching us in their 20s and 30s, and that's the furthest thing from their mind. Yeah. But time passes by. But most people I speak to in the Christian community that I, I, I counsel and I coach don't have a sense set aside because number one, God's going to provide. Okay, great. Yes, you, yes, you will. Well, number two, I'm still too young. But the, the thing is, if you can build it into your spending plan or your budget, if you want to call it that, at an early age, it's the same like the tithe. I know how to live off the 90% because God blesses the rest, right? If I could automatically set aside 5 or 10% on a monthly basis, eventually it gets to a place where, from a mental perspective, I, I, I know how to live off the 80%. Yeah. But by the time I get to the age of retirement, or I call it repurposement, because I believe in the kingdom we don't retire, God always has a plan for us. Yeah. So we repurpose out of the workforce, maybe into a different form of, of ministry or, or he wants us to spend time more time with our family. But with the stuff we can do now and, and as we are in our 20s and our 30s and 40s, now to be able to get us to a place where we don't have to rely on our kids to, to, to look after us when we are older. We don't have to rely on social security and wonder how we're going to pay our bill. We don't have to yeah. be in a position when we are forced to downscale because we never set aside enough resources but yeah. start thinking about that, guys, especially if you're younger. Just start where you are. Start setting aside. And if you're older, you might be, let's say, 40 or 50 or 60 watching and say, I've set aside nothing. Start today and yeah. trust God for wisdom. Even in this day and age that we find ourselves, it's never been easier to make money because we live in a digital age where you've got wisdom. You've got insight and understanding which comes from him. You've got a, these people watching this, this recording now. He's got a book on the inside of them, which you can then put on, on Amazon or someplace which can generate passive income for you. There's people that's got wisdom in a particular area to, which can solve my problem, which I'm willing to pay for, but they think, oh, it's just me. Nobody's going to listen to my voice. The thing is God has called each of us and giving us all talents. And the, the, the great part about it is oh, quite often those talents are, are there, but we don't cultivate it enough. We, which we God is the great part being God is saying you can use that to generate income. And, and yeah. a problem I know Christians struggle with, but I just need to be a blessing to people. I need to help people. I can't charge for this. But maybe God is saying that you can. Again, yeah. hear from him. I'm an accountant. Oftentimes people want me to give free advice, which I have no problem with. But imagine, Josh, I gave free advice 24 hours a day. How do I keep the lights on at my house? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think we need to just stop and pause. But I, every time I, I work with somebody, it's like, Lord, how do you want me to progress in this relationship? Do you want me to do it for free? If he says yes, yes. Or do I do it at my normal rate? And if he says do it at my normal rate, I'm able to look after my family. I'm able to generate more income to sow into the kingdom. I can fund missionaries. I can pay off a building, 
uh, things at churches where they've got like their plans to build expansion yeah. projects, building projects, that's what I was looking for. And so I need to be able to generate wealth. And, he, yeah. and he's the one that gives us the wealth to establish his covenant in the earth. So God has, I believe, given people watching this today, even if they are in ministry, he's given them the ability to generate wealth. But yeah. they've limited God in terms of, oh, I'm just a minister of the gospel. I can't do this or I can't do that. But, there's, but, but you can if he's told you to. And the one thing which we should caution on, this, or, you know, on the side of caution is if you are a minister, not to use your influence to affect people to do something for your own benefit. Because yeah. it's, it's easy. People hear, oh, he said, so I'm going to do it. But they haven't heard from God. So I, I always leave people with that. This is what I am doing because he's told me to do it. It's a great opportunity, but not every opportunity is a God opportunity. You need to learn and hear from God whether or not you are supposed to be a part of this. Because in the body, we, people are always looking for these opportunities. And But again, not every opportunity is a God opportunity. But God has given you a talent which can generate wealth for you and for your generations to come. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But the vast majority of people, again, that I coach and counsel, don't have a dime to their name to be able to leave for their grandkids. But they have been faithful in church and they're giving for 40 years, but they don't have anything. Something's not right. Yeah. It's have we boxed God in that only so-and-so can do that because that's the way the world does it. Maybe God is saying, I want you to step into that area of influence and for you to be the trendsetter and the leader. And you the one that's, that's going to be a way that you can unlock jobs for your family and for your community. But we sometimes box God in, in terms of how yeah. we think he should do it because that's how we've always seen him do it. That's so true. And I love even, you know, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, but, you know, being a good steward to me believes not using faith as a bailout program from God, yeah. <laughs> because in, in here in the U S you know, we're used to bailouts. Like, so if a business is too big, we know the government's going to come in, they're going to bail them out. They're going to make sure that they have it. So I don't want to live my life and use resources, just expecting that God's going to bail me out, yeah. which I believe he will, but yeah. I don't want to live that way. That's not being a good steward. That's in my opinion, that is being re- uh, relying upon the mercy of God instead of the grace. And so I want to live in the grace and I want to be a good steward. And so, you know, Lyle, we've got a couple minutes here, but if you could maybe just give us a couple steps of today, you you've already mentioned it, start the retirement plan, have the emergency fund set up. But if you have any other recommendations of how people can start being good stewards of their finances today, I think number one is to, if you have never, ever, looked at your finances, stop and pause, take the weekend or for the week off, whenever you're watching this, and go and do an audit of your your expenses. So get Mm -hmm. your bank statements, get your credit card statements and identify what you're spending your money on. That's that's the first thing I, I would do. Then once you've done that, ask yourself the question, is this getting me closer to what God has for me? Yeah. It does my expenditure habits or the patterns align with what my goals are. And if it does not, I'm going to make a firm decision today, a covenant with myself that I'm not going to be frivolous in my spending. And again, I'm not saying about eating beans and rice. I'm saying if you want to enjoy certain things, if it aligns with your goals, go for it. Yeah. If, if one of your goal is to, to have coffee 
each day at Starbucks mm-hmm. or the local coffee shop and spend 20 bucks a day, go for it. But make sure that it aligns with your goals, right? So I would identify that, identify my goals. And once I've got that, I would then make sure that my income coming in goes towards my goals. So I have a plan in place, whether you want to call it a budget, I call it a spending plan. So my income isn't spoken for, but my goals determine where the money goes. Because many of us do it the other way around. The money comes in and it's already mortgage and this and that and that and all these 10 things and there's nothing left over. But if I've got goals, I say, no, mortgage, yeah, cool. I want to have a house and I wanted to do it that way. Money's going to go towards that. And then the, the, the final thing that I just want to touch on real quickly with that or two things is have an emergency fund. Yeah. And then even more important than that is to pay yourself first. That, that, that concept has changed my life. And pay yourself first. We shouldn't get confused between the tithe because I don't believe we're paying the tithe. I believe the tithe, we are returning back unto God because mm. it is. But every dollar that comes in after that, a certain portion of that, I pay myself first. Yeah. And what I do with that money before I pay the mortgage, before I pay for, uh, if I had a car, we don't have a car payment, but if I did have a car, before I paid all those things, I need to make sure that I'm sitting aside money for me. Because it doesn't make sense, Josh, for me to work 10 hours a day, but I'm paying everybody else, but I'm not enriching myself. And what I do with the pay Lyle first money, I set it aside for my goals, my personal goals and my future. So I'm investing so that I know that I'm doing my part for the future. So once I've taken care of, I've tithed unto God and I've paid myself first. Now I look at my, my other goals and stuff and my, my mortgage and I make sure that, that gets covered. If I find myself in a position where I can't do that again, I need to maybe then make a hard decision. We've got two cars. Do we need one? Um, yeah. My income is way less than my expenditure. Maybe I need to move. Maybe if I've got a house, maybe I need to open up a room. Maybe I, I let's say, say Brittany and myself are married and I just didn't want her to go and work for whatever reason. Maybe we need to say in the season, my, my love, you need to go and work. Yeah. It's not a lack of faith. I, I'm, I'm thinking of a situation a couple of years ago. A friend tried to, to ask myself and a friend for a loan because he wanted his wife not to work. But he mm. thought was, he was doing the right thing as a husband by not telling her their true financial position. And if you are married, I believe you need to be yeah. in covenant and in agreement with those things, but making loans in order for her to be at home and to watch TV. I'm like, it doesn't quite work that way. Sometimes you need to just make an assessment. Yeah. This is where we are. We've got this goal. So we're going to have to make certain changes. So just to wrap it up based on that. So goals are important. Pay yourself first, start thinking of retirement, do an audit of your expenses and make sure that it goes towards your goals. Those are the, the, the main things I would say, if you're just starting out on this journey, I would focus on, on that. I think that's so good. And I even love the, like you said, sometimes we have to face reality and yeah. reality is a fact. And yeah. we know that the truth always supersedes the facts, yeah. but don't be afraid to open up your bank account and look how much you've spent because that's going to be reality in your face. And it's not yeah. just going to, it's going to show you, okay, maybe I shouldn't have made some of the decisions that I've made this month. And instead of just feeling bad about it and, you know, feeling that weight, look next month and say, okay, how yeah. can I avoid making those same mistakes same next mistake. month? So you may see, you know, that you've got this elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. (laughs) So you've got to, what does that mean? That means, okay, even if one month is too much next week, 
maybe yeah. take a look and be like, okay, last week I spent a hundred dollars at Starbucks. Next week, uh, I'm just gonna spend twenty dollars. Yeah, and, and then and, so, and then make sure with with that eighty dollars, right, that you actually have a plan for that because I know yeah. people say. If you have a coffee a day, like in over a certain period of time, you could have been a millionaire, but the vast majority of people that stop drinking that coffee don't go and invest it. Yeah. They spend it on yeah. something else. They, they get a, a, a energy drink or they get a packet of chips or something. So make sure if we do make those cuts, and that's why I said we do a gradual changes. Yeah. And as you change things gradually, you're changing the, the rudder of the ship. So you, you're gradually moving to different direction. Make sure any income that you free up, that you are then putting towards your goals. Because yeah. you could free up those funds and then still find something else, which doesn't get you closer to the plan to spend so the money on. That's so true. And Lyle, I'm so thankful for what you're doing, not only in the business world, but in the kingdom. Again, on your YouTube channel, give us the name one more time. for yeah, people. So the, the YouTube channel is Generous Lifestyle. And that's found on YouTube. There's a few. There's a, like The Generous Lifestyle minus Generous Lifestyle. You'll, yeah. you'll see me on, on that particular page. And then also they can go to my website, which is www.generouslifestyle.org, where they can get more information on, on resources that we have. And then, uh, so like I said, I help individuals down that track, but also with pastors, if there are any pastors going or watching this, this video today, that I also help churches launch stewardship ministries, which wow. well, they can then either use my resources or somebody else's to equip their people. Because again, we teach on tithing and we teach on on sewing, but our people don't know how to live within their means. They don't know how to set up a budget. And my aim is not for, for me to, to be with you all the time, but to equip your leadership team or a yeah. group in your, your, your church to be able to then run this. And, yeah. and a lot of stewardship programs that I've seen in some churches, they just play a video by Mr. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, and that's it. But it's so yeah. much more than that. It's about having programs in place where you've got a team of coaches at your church who can help people on a Saturday morning to actually set up their budget. People that you can trust, people that are, that, that, that are people of integrity, putting programs like that in place, developing proper benevolent uh, policies and procedures to help people in your church. So that's the other side of things. The YouTube channel is more geared towards the individual, yeah. but I do help churches in that particular area too. And I've seen churches that are thriving in the area of stewardship have flourished actually in the, even in the midst of this pandemic where oh. giving numbers have increased because people had the emergency fund in place. People had certain yeah. um, tools that they've been equipped with at the church with regards to how to track the expenditure, things that they, they could be doing to, to make a shift. Think of retirement, thinking about how to get a will. So getting people into your church like that. So I work with, with churches as well in that particular area, Josh. So if there are any pastors that are interested in, yeah. in knowing, or if I might not be a good fit, I can point you to resources that you can use for your church too. So I help churches and pastors in that particular way. And then I also help individuals, which is through the YouTube channel and courses and, and books that I've written in this particular area, uh, which uh, well, I can find on the website. And then the channel is Generous Lifestyle on YouTube. And if you guys could go and and like that and subscribe to that wow. channel. Just it's free information, guys. Just stuff that God is speaking to me about. It's not theoretically heavy, but it's more so practical tips. But yes. from a kingdom perspective, because there's there's lots of information out there. Why should you listen to me? I, I hope and I endeavor to always bring Jesus into it, 
and the Holy Spirit into it. Because I can tell you, do the following, invest the following way, but he knows better. So yes. unless I'm pointing you to him and, and teaching you how to hear the voice of God for yourself in the area of finances, then I think I've missed it. So that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm endeavoring to do is to, to give people hope in the area of finances because there's, there's no condemnation, right? But I can help equip you to make an informed decision, but ultimately tell you to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. And, and that, yeah. that's the aim of the channel, helping you develop your, your, your talent, helping in the area of your treasure to be able to increase your income, enable, to enable you to give more, to enable you to, to leave a legacy for, for your future generations, and then also just to help you with your time management because myself, I'm a dad of two and a husband, but people ask me, how are you able to do this YouTube channel? And um, like there's times I have to record on a Friday because I'm off on a Friday or I have to record from 10 in the evening till one in the morning. But I need to do because God has told me to do it. I'm not just doing it for the sake of it, but yeah. you, there's things you can put in place and, and, and phones, right? Great tools, but they can also rob you of your time. Yeah. successful people might spend half an hour a day on their phone, whereas the masses spend hours on their phone scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. However, if it's, if it's taking time away from you that you can spend cultivating your talent and, and serving other people, then maybe we need to realign. Maybe spend two hours a day on your phone and not the, the five hours. I, I got convicted once where I checked, I spent five hours like, whoa, I don't know how that happened. But I needed to practice what I preached and, yeah. and certain time frames a day where I can go and check my social media. Otherwise, it's not going to get me closer. It's always living with an eternal mindset. Yes. And every decision I make is it getting me closer to Jesus. And, and when I say Jesus, not from a relationship perspective, but to touching and impacting the lives that he wants to touch through my life in this earth. Cause life is but a vapor so here true. today transition tomorrow. I'm not going to say gone tomorrow. Cause we, we live forever. If we are in relationship with him and we'll be in his presence, but I've only got this amount of time to impact lives. Yeah. I've only got this amount of time. So Man, well, yeah. I just got to say, I'm excited because I'm going to do a deep dive on your YouTube channel and watch all the videos that you put out there for free. But again, pastors, if you're listening to this, go to itsgenerouslifestyle.org. O-R-G. Yeah. O-R-G. And we're, guys, we're going to put the link to the YouTube and the website. So it's going to be really easy if you're watching this on Facebook or Instagram, you're going to be able just to click that link. Yeah. But guys, I encourage you, pastors, if you you see a need in your congregation, if there's people that you know, and, and I'll just venture to say this, there are people in your congregation that need to learn these skills. There have been resources that Lyle has made available. And like he said, he's not doing it for him. He'd be happy to point you to somebody oh, else yeah. if it's a better fit. And so I love your heart for that, Lyle. And I, I just thank you for that. But again, not only that, you have books available, you have courses available on the website. So guys, please go support him. And at the very least, go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then on social media, social media, Lyle, is there a good place people can go? Or is it just your personal page? Yeah, they can go to I've got my personal page. I've got a generous lifestyle uh, Facebook group where I post a lot of my videos too. So they can go and watch it over there. Then I've got a generous lifestyle uh, Instagram account too, where I, I post from time to time, but I guess the best way would be if they wanted to follow me on social media would be the YouTube channel. And in there, yeah. they'll find links back also to my website, as well as to my different social media handles and platforms that I'm on. Awesome. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lyle, this has been a great conversation. I'm actually excited to go back and listen to it again because, and I encourage other people to do it as well, because you had so many little nuggets that were just sprinkled out throughout that everyone should just listen to and hear again, and then not only hear it, but then start putting them into practice and really taking those practical steps to make what Lyle was talking about a reality. So Lyle, again, thank you so much. And man, I I just have to say, even before we end, we've got to find a way to get you back on we'll be back it was amazing and uh, looking forward to next time but send your love to the wife and the kids and we'll talk soon brother god bless you josh and god bless each and every one of you watching this today